You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Amen. What's up, Journey? How y'all doing? Man, good. Man, love worshiping with y'all. We're going to sing some more at the end, but man, y'all are sounding good. Even on that old hymn, y'all are killing it. Y'all sounded really good. Hey, so now school has started. How's the first week going? <laughs> Lame. Hey, are there are there fresh? We got some freshmen in the house. Can you raise your hand? That's good for the freshmen. Yeah, representing. Yeah. I see you, Tristan. I see you, bro. Man, super pumped. You guys are here. My name is Brandon. Um, I'm the college pastor. I won't say much about this, but so I'm I'm kind of in the process of transitioning. I'm not going anywhere. Still going to be super involved in the college ministry. Still responsible for it. But at some point this school year, we're going to have another guy who will technically be the journey pastor. Um, they can also be super involved. If that's like, what the crap are you saying? We'll talk later, but not going anywhere, so nothing's really going to change that much. But super glad you guys are here. We're going to have a great time of worship. I was thinking earlier, something that I kind of, I guess I'm not, so I'm 33, I'm not that far removed from your stage of life. Um, and technically, actually, a lot of y'all, I'm in the same generation, even though I'm like on the upper end. I'm just saying, okay? Some of y'all are Gen Z, that's a different conversation. Anyways, what I love about your stage of life, whether you're just entering college or whether you're, you would classify yourself as a young adult, like I, I do myself, um, what is so cool about your stage of life is maybe for the first time ever, especially if you're a freshman, you get to really choose your friends. So think about it. When you're, when you're growing up in elementary school, your friends are kind of based off of like what your last name is. And if their last name is similar, you sit beside each other in class. You're like, oh, I guess we're going to be friends, right? <laughs> it just kind of starts on that. When you come to college for the first time, you, got, you kind of not only get to think about who you really want to be. You're not just trying to live up to what your parents think you should be or what like your little town thinks you should be. We got any small town folks in here? Okay, represent, that's right, I'm from a small town, Glen St. Mary. Um, but the cool thing, when you come to college or just being a young adult, you get to kind of be who you feel like God has made you to be. And beyond that, you really get to start choosing your friends and think about who you're going to do life with. And that's an important thing because friends are really important part of life. Uh, the Huffington Post and also... Um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. Huffington Post and oh, Mayo Clinic did some research. And this is not rocket science, if I could pretty obvious, but quite literally, scientifically, if you have friends, you're going to live longer and it actually decreases stress in your life and increases like literal physical health in your life. So if you don't have friends, you should get some friends, right? So you can live longer. Having friends really is good for you. And then there's like, if you stop thinking about it, so many of, for all of us, so many of our greatest joys and treasures and like best times in life, when you think about those memories, they involve friends, right? Like, I, don't, I can't think of many moments where I was like, I was totally by myself and it was the greatest time ever. Like, no, normally there's, there's people involved, right? It's kind of creepy if your favorite memories are by yourself. Um, it's, they're always involving friends. But have you noticed what's also interesting is that some of your deepest hurts and even deepest regrets also involve friends. You with me? Like maybe you've been stabbed in the back or people have made up crap about you and you're like, why would you say that? <laughs> um, so it's this weird like dichotomy, I guess is the word, of really great joys from friends and also really hard, difficult times from friends. Wouldn't it be cool if God loved us so much and, and 
had, knew that he had created this for community, wouldn't it be cool if he had given us some principles to help guide us to be better friends and have better friendships? Wouldn't that be really awesome? Well, you know what? He did. <laughs> it's crazy. So if you're new here, something you need to know. We believe that the Bible is God's word. We believe that it's trustworthy and what it says is true. And not just that, we believe that God really does love us and care about us. And so this is not just some book about how to please God, which it is that. But also, when we live our lives according to this book, we believe that our lives thrive, that we're better when we live according to it. And so I'm super thankful for the Bible. And even specifically, we're in this series called Don't Be an Idiot. <laughs> and the, the subtitle, as it says on the screen, it's really small, is Tips from Proverbs on Not Being an Idiot. And here's the reality. And kind of why I chose the, I guess you say the topic of friends for tonight. Whether you're just starting college or whether you're like past that stage, friendships and friends can change the course of your life. They're incredibly powerful. And too often, all of us look back at our, back at our lives or our friendships, I should say, and we think, why was I such an idiot? <laughs> why did I act that way? Let's look at Proverbs and get a few tips on how to be, not just be a better friend, but some tips to guide our friendships. We're going to look at four different truths. First, turn to Proverbs chapter 13. And hey, if you don't have a Bible, I would love to invite you to in the back of uh, the chair, there should be a Bible there. Grab one. And um, if there's a red one, that one's a little bit more difficult translation. If there's a black one, grab that one. And maybe ask someone to pass it down to you. And that can be your Bible to take home um, if you don't have one. That'd be awesome. So Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 is the first one we're going to look at. Proverbs 13, verse 20. If you want to use your phone, that's totally cool too. <clears throat> Proverbs 13, verse 20. It says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So I realize this is like kind of a basic fundamental truth about friendships, but we're going to talk about it because it's true. <laughs> Who, what's he saying? Who you hang with is what? Who you become. Yeah, or even who you are, but especially is who you become. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So I love this idea. I want to, like, this is not, I don't want to camp out here too long, but maybe it's a little thought for some of you. Whoever walks. It's this idea of, like, doing life spending time with, um, we, can, we can hold off on that point for a second. I'm sorry. I should have told you that. Um, but it's this idea of walking, going alongside somebody. And so often we think, we, oh, well, like those people aren't my friends, but they're just who I spend all my time with. Just because you don't call them friends doesn't mean they're going to impact you. Does that make sense? The idea here is, is proximity and time and intimacy. If, if you're with someone all the time, you're walking with them, they're going to influence you. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So if I walk with wise, strong, godly people, what am I going to become? A wise, strong, godly people. Person. <laughs> if I walk with fools, I'm, it's not that I'm just going to become a fool. I'm going to suffer harm. I think he's kind of in, intentional in saying, you're not just going to become like them. Like, you're going to suffer. Life's going to be worse for it if, if you do life with them. Who you hang with is who you become. Um, I think <laughs> I have this really goofy picture. Uh, is the, the picture of the deer, you have that picture there? So that's my dad in the top left. What's up, Pam Perry? That's what we call him. He's kind of creeping on the camera there. Um, oh, I'm about to... 
Uh, that's Mr. Mitchell up uh, handing the deer some food. So my wife and I, well, she grew up in Jacksonville, like Florida proper. I grew up out in the sticks in Glen St. Mary, Florida. And um, so this is my friend, Mr. Mitchell. Uh, he was one of my Sunday school teachers growing up. He lives way out in the country. Long story short, he found this baby deer. It's really stat- sad. I won't tell you how I found it because some of y'all would probably cry. My wife would. But anyways, uh, he found this baby deer and wanted to take care of it. His name is Bucky, which is very appropriate, right? And so we went, long story short, my wife and I were back home. I guess uh, this is home now, but back in Florida a few uh, years ago and went out to Mr. Mitchell's to have a fish fry. He's got this pond. It's really awesome. If you like fishing, we'll go sometime. You catch the fish in his pond, he fries them right there. It's awesome. So we pull up, and I'm like, what is that deer doing? And sure enough, this deer that he's, I don't know where it's at now. I don't know where Bucky's at now, RIP Bucky. But um, (laughs) this deer, too far, Brandon, this deer was hanging out with his dogs all the time. So no lie, this deer was acting like a dog. Like, the dogs came running up to our car when we pulled up, and so did Bucky. Like, he just coming up. And so Mr. Mitchell got some food to give to the dogs, and sure enough, Mr. Or not Mr. Bucky, <laughs> Mr. Bucky is just eating out of his hands. And it really was like, we kept staring at it, because here's this deer acting like a dog. And as simple as it is, he was acting like a dog because he was hanging out with dogs, right? That's just nature of created beings, that who you hang out with, is, is really who you become. So if we can put that first point up on the screen, I think kind of way to sum this up. The friends I choose are the me I choose. And that's really bad English. But think about it this way. When you're thinking about who you want to be friends with, it's almost like you're picking your future you. That makes it a little more, um, a little more on the line, right? If I'm going to spend time with these people, hang out with these people. Like I'm kind of choosing who I'm, who I'm going to be. Now let me stop just for a second. I'm in no way saying that we should form this little super spiritual clique and we only hang out with each other and don't reach out to people. If we start doing that, I'm going to start slapping y'all, okay? Like, that's, that's not being Christ-like. What we're saying, the people that you really do life with, that you're going to invest in each other, it should be somebody that you, you want to be like because you are going to be like them. Does that make sense? So one thing you can do, if there's someone, I was talking to somebody about this just a few minutes ago, if, if there's someone in this room or even just, gosh, in your life that you look up to, and maybe you look up to, to them so much that they even intimidate you a little bit, you know what you should do? Realize that's like a little sign waving, hey, you should go talk to that person and ask to be their friend. <laughs> if you look up to them so much that they even intimidate you, don't be scared. Go talk to them. Be their friend. <laughs> Build a relationship. So what's kind of the application of the friends I choose are the me I choose? It's um, that you should be really intentional about who you pick friends with. <laughs> Pick or choose friends, make friends with people that you want to be like. It's always, it's always kind of interesting. You never want to laugh about it because I've done it too. When people start hanging out with a certain crowd and then like a few months later, they're like, man, I just don't know what happened in my life. I, I don't know who I've become. It's like, no, that's who you chose to be a few months ago when you started hanging out with them. So don't be surprised. And again, I, I, I'll get off this whole freshman kick after a few weeks. But just freshman, man, as you're meeting new people, this is such an important time. Can I get an amen, older students? Amen. amen. <laughs> Thank you, Deb. <laughs> man, be so intentional. And here's part of the reason why you got to be so intentional. We're going to look at our second truth. Turn to Proverbs 27, 17. Well, let's not put up that, that point yet, if you don't mind, but Proverbs 27, 17. This is a super 
like popular verse you've probably heard before, but it's worth talking about. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. You're not stupid. You're smart. I think you know what it means. Who you hang out with, they begin to transform you, right? You know what also this verse tells me? We were made for what? For community, for relationships. I, we can go ahead and put the truth up. I think here's kind of the, if I could maybe phrase this in a little bit different way of this verse. I'll never reach my potential without friends. I'll never reach my potential without friends. This is the second truth I want, I want us to see. Because without friends, without community, no one's sharpening me to help me be who God made me to be. Does that make sense? Like on my own, I can't, I don't mind putting up that second point, sorry guys. On my own, I can't sharpen myself and like, and really create myself into who God made me to be because I can't sharpen myself. Does that make sense? I need other people to help me to do that. So here's what I would say the application for this is, choose to be in community even when you don't feel like it. <laughs> You're gonna be so tempted throughout your life, not just in college, but throughout your life to drop out of community, to not go to church, to not build friendships because friendships take time, friendships are messy, and because sometimes you just feel like you have other things to do. But y'all, you're, you're not being sharpened like you should. So in other words, you're hitting a ceiling, you're hitting a lid on your growth and your development as a human and as a Christian if you don't have community. We need each other. You gotta stay in community. Now here's what's interesting about iron sharpening iron and community. When iron is hit against iron, what do you get? You get some sparks. Ooh, you guys are smart. <laughs> some of these new folks are like, this dude is so weird. <laughs> You'll get used to it, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. When iron sharpens iron, there are sparks. It's kind of a necessary byproduct, right? This leads us to our, our third truth we're going to see. We're going to hang, on, hang out on this one just a little bit longer. Turn to Proverbs 27.6. Proverbs 27.6. So just a little before where we were a second ago. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. What the world does that mean? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. So let's stop for a second. What does it say the enemy does? Kiss, 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 hug, hug. Yeah. <laughs> the, enemy, the enemy kisses. So I think there's an interesting point to stop and think about. I think when we think of the enemy, we often jump to like worst case scenario, like we think of like the Taliban or something like that, like those are my enemies. <laughs> Maybe that's a little extreme. <laughs> you ever seen, it's not an office quote, I'm just saying. By the way, we're just going to put it out on the table. If y'all been around, y'all know I, I really like the office. And I made a, I made a pact with, with Zach, my own self-imposed, that I would not make it like an office quote on a Tuesday or a Sunday for a whole month, okay? So y'all can join in with this challenge. <laughs> I am talking about the office. <laughs> I'm just telling you my agreement. Anyways, uh, there's this old video of, uh, gosh, who was, I think Will Ferrell did it, of uh, 
it was like a George W. Bush spoof, and he was trying to talk about the axis of evil, and he was like, Iran, Iraq, and one of the Koreas, because <laughs> he couldn't remember which one it was. Anyways, y'all are too young for that, sorry. <laughs> Anyways, I think we often think of enemies as like, those bad guys over there, and it says it's actually trick trickier than that. Your enemies are often the ones kissing you, not literally like your boyfriend or girlfriend, like, quit, quit kissing me, you're my enemy, but the people <laughs> that are trying to be extra nice or sucking up to you and never confront you just may be your what? What? Your enemies. It's worth thinking about a little bit. Let's pause for a moment. Then don't, you could like take this too far and get accusative, accusatory. <laughs> I went to college too, don't worry. <laughs> but if your friends have never called you out on something, maybe you're not as close as you think. I'm not saying they're your enemy for sure, but maybe there's a lack of depth there. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy, to read it reverse, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. I love that the NIV says it a little differently. It says, the wounds of a friend can be trusted. So here's, we need to stop and realize for a second. Part of relationships, good, good friendships, relationships, part of that is going to involve conflict. There are going to be sparks sometimes. I think our generation is a little too quick. As soon as there's sparks, we're like, yeah, this friendship's not working out. You're dead to me, bro. <laughs> it's funny because it's true, right? Just because there's conflict doesn't mean it's bad. <laughs> Faithful or trusted are the wounds of a friend. A good friend is going to be willing to tell you tough things sometimes, and it's good for you. Think about in your college dorm or apartment or if you're not in college, wherever you live. Um, I remember, it's kind of embarrassing, my first dorm, uh, my roommate and I, I think we literally went the whole fall semester without cleaning anything. Which is weird, <laughs> they all say, oh gosh. Which is weird because I'm a, like a clean person, like I, I like to be tidy and clean. So I don't, know, I don't know why, I wasn't doing drugs or anything, so I don't know what was going on. Um, but I remember my dad, my dad came to visit and he walked in and the first thing he said was, oh, it smells terrible in here. And I didn't, I hadn't really noticed because we were just living there, which is <laughs> <Just> really gross. <laughs> But you know what? I'm really glad he told us because it was gross. Like when I explained, like, he was like, do you clean? He was like, well, we haven't vacuumed. He was like, I'm going to go buy you a vacuum. I'm going to, we can, we can fix this. Like, this is fixable. This is, like, there's still hope for you. Like, we can clean the room. Um, how dumb would it have been for me to be like, dad, you just don't get it. <laughs> Dad, if you understood my situation, you would enjoy the smell. <laughs> he would have been like, I, I, you are? Are you on drugs? <laughs> I don't know. Um, how, how dumb would that have been? No, what was appropriate was to go, oh, my gosh, I'm embarrassed. Because I was embarrassed, even though it was my dad. I was embarrassed. But the appropriate response was what we did. My, friend, or my roommate Michael and I were like, it's embarrassing. 
but we, we believe you that you can see something that we, or <laughs> you can smell something that we can't smell, and so we should get this fixed. How, seriously, how ridiculous is it when your friends come into like your life and they're like, I just want to point something out, I love you, but this situation or what you're doing here is kind of smelly. How dumb is it when we're like, you just don't understand me. You, you just don't know me. Y'all, if they're your friends, perhaps they do care about you. <laughs> and perhaps you should listen and not make excuses. So the, the third point we can put on the screen, I want you to kind of see it rewording this kind of, is friends aren't afraid to deal with stinky stuff. So what would have been a shame is if my dad had come into the, to the dorm and smelled it and not said a word and then gone back home to my mom and been like, man, Brandon's room is a mess. It's stinky. How lame if he had done that and not told me. No, but because my dad is my dad, but also a friend, he told me. <laughs> Y'all, friends aren't afraid to talk about stinky stuff. And it goes the other way. Friends don't get upset when other friends talk about stinky stuff. <laughs> you with me? And here's what's really cool. My dad, just to carry out that metaphor, my dad actually helped us clean up the mess. So friends aren't just afraid to talk about stinky stuff. They'll help you deal with the stinky stuff. You all tracking with me? Now, again, I told you we're going to spend a little time on this. I think too often, especially in, in Christian circles, we're bad at this, right? So one, we go back to our other friends. We don't say a word to them. We walk in, again, using the metaphor just to be very generic. We, we walk in, we smell the nastiness, or we see like, man, there's some crap going on here that needs to be fixed. And rather than having the guts and the nerve to tell them there's some stinkiness going on, we just go tell everybody else. How screwed up is that? Right? Can we, can we agree that's messed up? Hold on, let's try it. Can, you, can we agree that's messed up? Okay, you can talk to me. It's okay. Um, if not, I'll just talk to myself. <laughs> Creepy. That would be really messed up. And we're, we're, we're pretty bad about that. I'm not going to lie. I have no idea where I was going. Just a second. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> ah. <laughs> we're, we're bad about this in general. I think sometimes when we do tell people about their stinkiness, either we do it really poorly or the ones who are being told we're stinky receive it really bad. Are you all still with me? I'm using the old stinky metaphor because I think it, it sticks <laughs> and it stinks. <laughs> so how can you do it well? How can you do this in a, in a healthy way? First of all, to realize this, it says faithful are the wounds of a friend. So like sometimes it's going to hurt, but it doesn't say faithful is the constant beating the crap by a friend. Does that make sense? So I think a way to do this healthy is not every time you see the person, you're just roasting them, right? Like, let me tell you about this trash in your life. Like, no one wants to hang out with a person like that, right? No one wants to be with that person. So faithful are the wounds of a friend. So it's like, hey, I want to be faithful. I want to address this. I don't want to deny it. But I'm not going to every time I see you be like, let me, like, I'm the Holy Spirit police, right? Like, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, also, it, it should, unfortunately, I don't think it always goes this way. But as Christians, this should have some weight, right? So if Zach comes to me and he like, calls out some stink in my life, I should, hear me, I should be more receptive if he can show me from Scripture why I need to, why I need to maybe think about the stink. Does that make sense? 
And I shouldn't be like, well, if you can't back it up with a Bible verse, then screw you. Like, no. But if he does have a Bible verse to help me think about what's going on, I should really listen. Because he's not coming on his authority. He's coming on whose authority? God's. Yeah. Scripture really helps. Another thing I would think about is if you're going to address the stink in someone's life, give specifics. Because here's why. When you are general, you're a jerk. <laughs> think about it. If I, come, if I come to Tatum Richie, and I'm just like, Tatum, just, you're just, you just got some stuff in your life. You're just, I just, I'm frustrated with you right now. And that's all I say. I have not helped her at all. And that's way too generic, right? Surely not everything, and this is true, <laughs> surely not everything about Tatum is, is bad. Does it make sense? So like in our dorm, while it stunk really bad, my, and this, I'm just making this up, my dad could have pointed out some positive things, probably, right? Don't just point out the trash. And when you're general, you make it seem like their whole life is trash. Does that make sense? So if you're going to call some, some stink out in their life, be specific. Not just, man, you're being a tool. Okay, well, how am I being a tool? Y'all tracking with me? All right. Feel free to call me a tool whenever you want. And I already said this. I got ahead of myself a little bit. Um, but like my dad did, offer to help clean up the stink. My dad went and got us a vacuum, and he helped clean up. He didn't just fix everything for me, but he helped. And so I was way more receptive. He didn't just judge my stinky dorm. He helped me clean it up. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. A little more application there. If someone calls, like, let's just agree to this as a community. Whether it be here as a big group and your connect group, which is just another word for small group. If someone calls out some stink in your life, please don't get mad. Y'all have heard, a lot of y'all have heard this story before. Don't tell the whole thing. But I remember in college, I made, I told my roommate, Robbie, um, cause I, it was like, I was dating this girl, only dated for like two weeks, so we probably shouldn't even date it, that was stupid. Anyways, this girl, Michelle, dated for like two weeks, and I told Robbie, hey man, I don't want to be at her apartment alone, because just generally good things don't happen if we're going to be alone at her apartment. Um, and so we agreed to that, and I remember one after, like Saturday night, I come back to the dorm, and he was like, where were you? I was like, oh, I was over at Michelle's, and he was like, well, who else was up there? And I was it was just the two of us, and uh, he was like, hey, he was very kind, he was like, hey, you, you said you weren't going to do that, why'd you do that? And I got so mad. I was like, man, you don't even get me. Forget you, bro. <laughs> like, walked away. And he was like, what is happening, right? <laughs> and like an hour later, I was like, I, I'm a tool. Like, you're totally right. And, and here's the deal. My anger revealed that maybe he was onto something, right? The fact that I was immediately like, Psh, whatever. Psh. <laughs> maybe there's a problem, right? So if you get defensive, maybe check yourself before you wreck yourself, all right? Y'all with me? Okay. Um, Last thing, that whole what we just talked about, the last big point, is a little easier if you'll do this next one well. Last one, turn to Proverbs 18.24. Proverbs 18.24. Just a few back to the left. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So what is this saying? Quality over quantity, right? There's a difference in being popular and having friends. I'm going to say it again. There's a difference in being popular and having friends. 
So when it comes to friendship, we can put that fourth point up on the screen. Quality of friendships is more important than quantity. I was reading an article about Relevant Magazine that says that 27% of millennials say they don't have any close friends. Zero. <laughs> We're not going to do a poll, but probably, so that's kind of interesting, 27% of people in this room, if we did a poll, we're not going to, according to that research, would say, hey, I don't feel like I have any close friends. So you may say, I have lots of friends, but I don't have close friends. And according to this verse, you're better off if you have close friends. <laughs> I want to say this. Sometimes the enemy of, of quality friendships is quantity of friendships. So just like to try to be very specific. If you try, I'm not saying this is wrong, but if you try to stay best friends with everybody that you meet from childhood all the way up to however old you are, it's hard to manage all that, right? It's, it's, too, it's too big a plate. Does that make sense? You with me? So we need to embrace that there are seasons of friendship. It's okay. Like I mentioned Robbie. I still love Robbie as a bro, care about him. But like, we're not in a season of being best friends. Does that make sense? It's nothing happened. It's not like, well, man, we, we, we grew away from each other. Now I hate him. No, not at all. We just, like, I live in Texas. He lives in Florida. Make sense? There are seasons of friendship. Here's another application I would say from, for this truth, because quality over quantity matters. Speed is the enemy of depth. Here's what, here's what we mean. If your life is always go, 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 you're trying to hang out with a billion different people all the time, and that's not wrong to hang out with well, a billion people. That'd be really impressive. But like, that's not wrong to hang out with lots of people. If you're always on the go and always go, 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 fast, 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 you never have time to go deep. You're just skimming the surface. So if you want to have quality over quantity, maybe in your life you need to carve out some time to build some quality friendships. Or maybe it is to like kind of flip the idea on its head what I said a second ago. Maybe it is going back to an old friendship and kind of rekindling, that sounds romantic, but rekindling that friendship, giving it some more time and depth. Quality over quantity. I just I, I sum up all these together. We're better together. <laughs> we, we say that on some of our shirts, and we, you'll hear us say that a lot. We really do believe that life is better together and also that we're better together because we can sharpen each other. God made us for community. We can, we can like, break through those lids of who God wants us to be. And there's, there's safety in quality relationships. We're stronger. I think about, I left at the house today, but like, I have a, a few different pocket knives and some of them are really um, uh, cheap metal and so they could break off pretty easily. But I have one that's a really dense, like Japanese made, really hard metal. And I would rather take that knife with me than like 20 knives because the 20 may break, but that one quality knife is gonna last. You may have 20 shallow relationships and you're gonna break through those really quick and hard times. But even if you just have one, <laughs> one <laughs> solid relationship, and that may last you years more than those 20 shallow relationships. We're better together. So y'all, we gotta get to know each other. 
We've got to build relationships. In our connect groups, you've got to build relationships. Next week, we'll talk about something called trail teams, a little different, kind of an encouragement, accountability group. Maybe we've got to get in trail teams because we're better together. We, I love the name The Journey um, because we really do believe that life is a journey. If you've ever been hiking or camping or, yeah, on a road trip, isn't it better when you're with people? Like there's conversation, there's laughter. In difficulty, you can encourage each other. Each of you bring different strengths. Now, our journeys are better when we're together. Before we stop, I want to just point something out real quick that's cool to think about. Jesus is like the epitome of all these things we've talked about. <laughs> so if you think about the, the first one, the friends I choose are the me I choose. When I choose to spend time with Jesus by studying his word, by, by praying, by talking with him, I get to be like Jesus. How freaking cool is that? <laughs> when I choose to be friends with Jesus, spend time with him, I become like him. That, that second one of I'll never reach my potential without friends, how cool is it that if you spend time with Jesus this year, he's going to help you be who you should be. Because of the third point, or excuse me, of that point of the iron sharpens iron, he's going to sharpen those edges. He's going to round out those places that need to be rounded out. Because Jesus is not afraid to talk about stinky stuff, right? Sometimes we wish he was. But Jesus is not afraid to call us out on things. How cool that we have a friend that's willing in Jesus who's willing to address the crappy areas in our life and stick with us. Isn't it nice when you have a friend who loves you at your worst? <laughs> that's Jesus. Think about that, the last verse we looked at, that there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That, that's Jesus. <laughs> Even in your hardest, worst days, he loves you more than you could ever imagine or deserve. So as, as, if you're a Christian tonight as we're talking about this, I think you can find a lot of encouragement and hope and joy in knowing that you get to spend time with Jesus, the, the best friend you could ever ask for, and that the more you spend time with him, he'll make you a better friend to other people. That's really cool. And if you're not a Christian, the really cool thing is you can come to know Jesus tonight and have, it's kind of, it feels like such an unworthy statement, like such a doesn't cut it statement to say you can, you can have the ultimate friend in Jesus. That, that's like saying it in such a lame way, but it's true. So how can I have a relationship with Jesus? And Ephesians says it's by grace through faith. So realizing you're a sinner, realizing that Jesus lived a perfect life, that he died the death on a cross that you deserve, and then he rose again and conquered death and sin and offers you a relationship with him if you will turn to him for salvation. So we're going to sing here a song here in just a second. And as we sing, if you're a Christian, I would love for you just to rejoice in God's goodness to, to you as a friend. He's so much more than that. He's Lord, he's Savior, but he's all Savior, Savior, but he's also friends. As we sing this song, as a Christian, just rejoice in his goodness to you. And if you're not a Christian, uh, some of our team is going to be back at the coffee area, the welcome y'all area. And if you would like, you're like, hey, I would like to talk about knowing Jesus. We would love to talk with you about that as we sing this song. Or maybe honestly, hopefully as a Christian, don't worry about what people think. Maybe you just would like some prayer about your friendships. We'd love to talk with you about that as well back there. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing about God's goodness to us. Let's pray. God, thank you for just for loving us, for being a friend to us. God, thank you for Proverbs and just some help with friendships because we often screw them up. And so thank you that you care about community. You created us for community, and you give us some guidelines, some principles for how to do it better. And Lord, we do pray that when we think about being a friend, that you would be our example, our model, and that 
We realize you've been really good to us and, so we, and you've never let us down. So we want to really be good to our friends and not let them down. And God, if there's someone tonight that doesn't know you, I ask that you would just draw them to yourself, Lord, that they would see your goodness, that you offer reconciliation through the cross and they would turn to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Y'all stand and sing with us. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.